The Barroom Network presents two fired up Bears fans. They are ready to rumble on the Bear Debate. This is David Kaplan from the Cap J Hood Show on ESPN 1000 and NBC Sports Chicago. Now get ready to listen and watch the Bulls 101 with Chris and Laro. Take that, Sparkles. What's up, guys? Welcome to Bulls 101. My name is Chris Amundsen. I'm here with my guy, Lara Golden, as always. And uh, we're here for some more Hoops After Dark. I know we had Elias on, and now I can't think of any other better name than that. Hoops After Dark. So how you doing, man? I, I know you've been enjoying some uh, some Chicago Sky games this weekend. I caught the second half of game mm-hmm. two. That was pretty fun. But uh, what's going on, man? Man, not much, man. Um, like you said, the Chicago Sky, like – I'm gonna need some. I'm I'm going to need some more support, man, from from a lot more fans out here, man. They, the Sky are playing some good basketball. They're getting beat up on the glass a lot uh, against this Connecticut Sun team, but um, for the most part, they're they're really competing and they have a shot to really win this series. So uh, that's one thing. Second thing is, I never thought I'd be a soccer dad. I I never thought I'd be a, a dad that a son that plays soccer. Um, I, I never played soccer, uh, but to have a son that to play so- that that plays soccer and, and actually got a little skill, you know, this, this is something different for me. So, um, I've been pretty happy. I've been a proud dad. Even at, at work, I've been, uh, you know, 
you bragging to all my, my co-workers, you know, and stuff like that. They, you know, showing videos, you know, but man, for the most part, man, um, I'm doing really well and uh, ready. Like you said, man, talk some hoops after dark, man. I, I'm, I'm loving that. I'm loving that. I do. I love it a lot. So our guest today, I'm, I'm really excited, you know, training camp. We just had training camp start this week. We have, we've, Finally heard from our tourist Connor Chauvis, Billy Donovan, and some of the key players, the new acquisitions. Um, you know, and our first game, first preseason game is is uh, this Tuesday. Oh, number one fan! Look at this. You got you got. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> I really don't like this. Oh, oh my this gosh, is this is great. So listen, I, our guest tonight, uh, we had him on several months ago, and the roster. The last time we spoke uh, to Mr. Darnell Maybury from The Athletic, who is uh, one of my absolute favorite writers. If you guys aren't subscribing to The Athletic already, I think I think I started like five years ago and it was like 30 bucks a year. It's like 250 a month and they've got specials going on all the time. You guys really should do yourselves a favor and, and uh, join The Athletic and read Darnell's work. He's had some really great articles uh, this week, especially with preseason ready. So we want to we want to welcome Darnell to the uh, to the show tonight. Darnell, how you doing on this Saturday evening? Joining us for some hoops after dark. We appreciate you. I'm good, man. How you guys doing? Man, doing doing well, man. Just happy to have you on, man. So we can uh, really uh, talk talk to you, man, and and yeah. really see get pick your brain about this team. I know you're excited, man. I mean, you, we 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 all know how this team has looked these past couple of years, so it may be even more than a couple of years. So I know you're happy, man. Yeah, I mean, you can't help but be excited after seeing everything that they've done and knowing where they've been the last four years. Um, you know, a lot of the national media is kind of nitpicking at the Bulls for for this and that, and did they give up too much here and there, but. Those of us who have watched this team day in and day out for, and I'm going to say four years because I've only been here for four years, uh, you know, it, it just got to a point where something needed to be done. And Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley, uh, you know, they, they did a, a nice job this offseason. So, yes, I'm definitely excited to see these new pieces. Well, and I know, I know it's way more exciting to write about, a, you know, an exciting team, a fun team, a, a team with lots of new pieces than it is to write about a tanking team. You know, like the storylines have got to come a little bit easier to you when there's a lot of new pieces and things to integrate. Uh, first of all, I wanted to say, you know, since you don't have a podcast of your own, you know, we want to welcome you as a third co-host to Bulls <laughs> 101 anytime you want to come on. Get those hot takes off. I know you said you get in trouble sometimes. Um, but <laughs> I almost we'll, came we'll on here with you. my yak, man. Y'all got me on here at eleven o'clock on a Saturday night. I almost <laughs> brought my yak on here. Y'all weren't ready for that. That's right. That's right. But I, I know you're probably even more excited that this year you get to be in person uh, and oh, yeah. actually, you know, at the Advocate Center. Right. At the press conferences. So, so, what has that change been like for you? Obviously, the last year has been crazy. But this is probably like the first time you've been able to be in person with Billy Donovan. Well, I mean, since he's been in Chicago, Arturis. So what was what's that been like for you? You know, right before the pandemic, um, you know, we, we got some interaction with him up close and personal. But then uh, it all shut down. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's different. I enjoyed the fact that at Media Day, some of the players came in and said, that they 
were were glad that it was back to to some, somewhat normal and that we were face to face again. So, um, you know, I think everyone just missed it. The Zoom press conferences were awkward. Uh, no one liked them. Uh, although I did think players were a lot more professional in those settings. So, um, you know, you just you just didn't get as much information. You didn't get as much rich context um, to to build out stories for doing things that I like to do. So. Um, yeah, I'm glad to be back. It's going to be, it's going to be a lot better. I, I really wanted to ask you, um, really what have you coming into that, that first day, uh, media day and now having some training camp days under, under your belt as well for this season so far. Um, what are some impressions you have of this team? Um, I know it's early, but I mean, being around the guys and being able to see how they act, interact with each other and, you know, things like that. Like what, what are some of the impressions you see so far? Yeah. I, I mean, this as excited as we all are to see how it's going to play out. I mean, this thing can, I think it's going to be great one way or the other. I mean, it's either going to be uh, an amazing success or it's going <laughs> to crash and burn. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, even an in-between is that like, okay, if they're just okay, that's going to be a disappointment. So um you know, I'm looking forward to seeing how it plays out. Uh, it doesn't seem like these guys, um, and, and again, we haven't seen them play. Uh, right. We're just going off of a, a lot of new guys coming in and, and being interviewed. But it seems like everyone's trying to get to know each other. And that kind of confirms a little bit of my um, concerns, at least going in, is that it's going to take these, time, these guys some time to jail. Uh, and I think that's the biggest thing that they're talking about right now is learning each other and trying to get acclimated to one another. And that that could take some time. I think people should probably have some patience as, as they try to figure this out. No doubt. I mean, obviously, if you look at the schedule, it gets rough pretty quickly. You know, first four or five games are a little bit easier. Some teams that, you know, they should be ahead of in the standings. But then you go through, you know, it's oh. <laughs> like a month and a half of quality playoff teams that they're going to be facing. And as you said, Darnell, they're going to have to gel quickly. I think, you know, it's definitely something where we have to be patient. I, and so when we, as we approach preseason this coming week, and we, I think those are some going to be some key factors to be looking at. What are they doing? You know, what kind of offense are they running? Who, who's, whose hands are they putting the ball in? And what situations? What are the rotations like? Now, obviously, Patrick Williams is out. Kobe White is out to start the season. Hopefully, Patrick is back by the season opener. Um, but, you know, we'll see what happens there. But I know I know you wrote an article specifically on Kobe White this week. So for those uh, listeners that haven't been able to read it, um, you know, what what kind of impressions have you had from management? Because I know you, you said that, uh, you know, he's still got a lot of supporters. And I think his role this season – he was asked to do a whole lot last season. He was asked to do a whole lot, probably more than anyone else on the team. Starting point guard going off the bench, um, you know, going from a shooting guard role to a starting point guard role, going from the bench to the starters. Defensively, he started, you know, being put at the point of attack instead of a, as you know, kind of help on the perimeter. He was asked to do a lot of things, and he had, you know, a lot of successes and ups and downs, obviously. Um, but what do you see going into this season? how Kobe White's role has changed and, and how he can succeed in that role. I get the sense that Billy Donovan wants him to be a spot-up shooter. 
Uh, it could be that the ball is out of his hands. Caruso could be the backup, um, and Kobe White could be an off-guard spot-up shooter. Just go back to what Billy Donovan said several times last year when everyone talked about how he's an electric scorer and all of this. <laughs> like, no, he's not a scorer. He's a shooter. And so yeah. the fact that Donovan was saying that last year, and then now they've brought in Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso and DeRozan and all of these guys need the ball in their hands. Um, I, I just don't see how Kobe fits in as the orchestrator at this point. I think that uh, going into his third year, he's going to be playing off the ball and, and, and getting thriving like he did last year on, on kickouts or, or driving kicks. Uh, when he can just catch and shoot, he excels, and, and he's, a, he's a really good shooter. So I think Billy Donovan is going to try to play that up and try to limit his, 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 his weaknesses. Um, and now they have the personnel where they can do that a lot more. Yeah, that is something that um, excites me for him because I think if you really understand the game and you and you really watched when he really excelled, I mean, yeah, he had some games where he passed the ball pretty well and, and created some plays here and there. But I think when you really like saw the best Kobe is when that shot was really falling, when he was able to really take some nice threes, uh, take, take take a nice amount of uh, uh, threes. And, and then I think we also saw once Vooch got there um, and they started to play off each other a little bit, we saw what, you know, we saw him play pretty well off of uh, a Vooch and off ball roll and catching the shoot situation. So I, uh, to me, for me, uh, I, I love hearing that 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 you think that's what Billy wants uh, wants from him, um, because I think that's the best Kobe. Um, you know, the gravity he's he's going to warrant, you know, to help the rest of the guys, you know, get some more spacing, things like that. That's going to be great for him. Um, but I, I kind of wanted to ask you. I, I know last time we had you on, um, you're a little bit skeptical. You were a little bit skeptical of of the Vooch move, and I just wanted to know if 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 you you're still a little bit skeptical about the whole of everything that's going on, um, if so, I would love to hear uh, why. But if not, man, uh, like what what excites you the most about this squad? Other than I mean, I know if they you know if they crash and burn, those are great storylines as well. Like I, I've heard that like as a writer, like you don't want to be in the middle. You don't you don't want like a boring team that's not exciting, um, or a team you know like you want either really bad or you want like you know some good stuff going on. So like. What exactly, I guess, excites you about this team? Um, and if you still are skeptical about, you know, everything that's gone on with the, the regime in terms of their moves. Yeah, I'm just excited to see <laughs> competent basketball, finally. Yeah. Um, and, and, and NBA caliber players. I mean, so many guys have come through here who have just been, um, I mean, you know, two-way guys or, or, or fringe back end of the roster type players. So uh, I, I'm just tired of watching that. I can't, I can't do that anymore. <laughs> um, but, but no, the Vucevic thing. Uh, yeah. I mean, I was still, I was skeptical. Um, I, I will say that Karnaschovic and Eversley have done a hell of a job again, going out this summer and, and surrounding Zach and Vucevic with uh, DeRozan and Lonzo Ball and, and, and Caruso, uh, Patrick Williams, I'm high on. I don't know uh, how you guys feel about Pat, but I'm, I'm really high on Pat and think he could be a really, really good fifth starter. I mean, if we're talking about him as the fifth option. I mean, that's a, that's a heck of a starting lineup you have. So 
Um, yeah, they've done a good job of um, filling in the gaps to a degree, but yet this is still not a guaranteed, you know, semifinalist team. I mean, even we're not talking about a conference finalist here or an NBA finals appearance on, on the horizon. So, uh, yeah, they've done all of this stuff and they've given up a lot of flexibility and, and, and future assets. Uh, to to be a fringe playoff team. So, yeah, they didn't take any victory laps at media day, and, and they should not have because they right. haven't done anything yet. So, yeah, we're going to see how it all plays out on the court. Yeah, I know. I know I shared some of my concerns with you last time we spoke about the Vooch trade, but a lot of it had to do with, okay, well, we got to see the end of this thing, right? They've made the first move, but they said we're not done yet, and it's clear that we have a bunch of holes on the roster, specifically at small forward, and a point guard. Now they went out and got DeMar DeRozan, Lonzo Ball, and Caruso to help yeah. replace, you know, because you look at players like last year, like Sadoransky and, and Garrett Temple are quality players, but we we're asking them to do way too much for their skill set, right? I mean, Garrett Temple should not be your <laughs> 30 minutes per night defensive stopper and shooter. You know, like he was just doing too much. Um, and so now we brought in these guys. And so you mentioned Patrick Williams and how high we are on him. I mean, I think I think the timeline. I, I think you mentioned the giving up assets, but I think the timeline works really, really well with Patrick Williams because two or three years from now, when Vooch and Demar their contracts are up and they may resign, they may not. But I think Patrick Williams is going to step right into that role and hopefully be another star next to Zach and next to Alonzo Ball um, that can kind of continue this thing going. So. You know, if you look at the assets, it, it, when you look at it on paper, like, oh, that's, you know, two two first-rounders for Vooch, uh, another first-rounder for uh, for DeMar DeRozan, and then we may get some sort of tampering, you know, uh, <laughs> pick loss as well, which yeah, which I know you tried to bait. I know you tried to bait AK with that, and he was like, uh-uh, I'm not touching that one. <laughs> yeah, not talking about that. But if you look at, if you, look at um, you know, starting from now to the future, we're only out – one first round pick from now till forever, right? Because we picked up that extra one in the Lowry marketing deal. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, if they had to retool, if they had to do something, I think they still got some some ways to do it. Um, but as you mentioned, it's a lot's dependent on this roster coming together. Patrick Williams is going to have a really big role, especially on the defensive end, I think, to start the year because Vooch and Damar, uh, I mean, Damar obviously has his defensive struggles and Vooch is not really rim protector he's he's a paint deterrent he's a big body out there he's in the right spots but he's not going to be blocking shots he's you know he's not that kind of rim protector and so you're, they're going to be looking to patrick williams weak side rim protection a lot i think Derek jones jr is also going to have to do to step in that role i know you had an article this week about patrick williams you know early loss and who you think can replace him so if you had to take a take a chance today and say I think so-and-so is going to get that starting role. Like what, who would you put in there to, to be that fifth starter with Patrick Williams out? Well, I'm going to go back to, to Billy Donovan and just going off of what he's saying to us. And there seems to be a bromance between Billy Donovan and Stanley Johnson. I don't know <laughs> if Stanley Johnson can play at this point. I mean, maybe, I mean, he's, he's had his bumps in the road throughout his career. Uh, you know, they talked about him finally finding a niche. Uh, yeah. You know, it, it remains to be seen. But Billy Donovan recruited him out of high school. He coached him with the USA team back in the day. Um, so they have history. And for whatever reason, you know, they, they seem to have this connection. 
And I think Billy Donovan is going to give him a shot. Now, people think, you know, DeRozan will slide down or Derrick Jones Jr. might go in there. But, I mean, what makes those guys any better than Stanley Johnson? You know what? I, I ain't going to say much about that. For that position. Yeah, no, no. I, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Darnell, like, uh, it, I said the last episode that I would give Stanley a shot um, because, I'm, I, I, like, this team offensively, it, it's going to be one of the – what do we say, Chris? Like top five, top ten offense in the, in the NBA this year? It, it better be top ten. Yeah. It better be a top ten offense, and I think they have the capability to be top five if, if it all fits together. I, I So in my, in my opinion, if you're going to use – if Stanley's going to be out there, right, use him as a cutter, he's get out on the fast break and rebound. And one of the things that this team is, is going to have a lot of questions on is on the defensive end. So have, adding a guy like Stanley, I think – I think if you give him a role, a guy like Stanley, a role and say, hey, bro, we don't need you taking this many shots a game. Just move around, create space with your cutting. And on the defensive end is where you make your make your make your money. Right. And you could play on ball. You could play off ball. Right. So, I mean, I think I would give him a shot, too. But at the same time, I understand the skepticism uh, of, of, of a player like Stanley. Um, but I, I just needed to ask you. Right. So yeah. I remember last time. We were on. We talked about it. You've had you've got a little history covering uh, Billy D um, in OKC. Um, are there any concerns you have? Like we, you could talk about all the players um, and what what talent we have. The, the Bulls have, and you know this and that. But are there any concerns you have with co- covering Billy in OKC and seeing what type of coach he is when he had talent like Kevin Durant and Russ and? Um, and then he has CP3 and, 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 uh, and, uh, you know, uh, Dennis for a little bit, but like, is there any concerns you have, uh, of him as a coach with this type of talent? Yeah. I mean, he's got, you know, there's one thing it's, it's a, uh, it's a catch 22 for Billy Donovan a little bit because he's got a more experienced team. And on one hand you can say, Oh, just a good thing. You don't have to do as much coaching with these young guys or teaching for these young guys. You can, you can go out there and, and rely on your veterans to know how to play and know what they're doing. But at the same time, those veterans, you know, they come with uh, 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 habits already formed. And so can Billy Donovan really get to those, I'm using elite loosely here, but elite level players, Zach, Damar, Vucevic, uh, and, and Lonzo is is kind of creeping into that 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 territory a little bit more and more. So, uh, is he going to be able to corral all of these personalities and get them on one accord? Is he that type of coach that can do that? That's still my question. Yeah, I know. I know you you had an article out last time we talked where you said, "Hey, if the Bulls don't start doing something, the Heat's going to start just pointing to Billy Donovan." You got a lot of you got a lot of flag for that at the time. Yeah, yep. but. But it is true. He did. Yeah. He did start to get some heat for it, uh, and and you saw the fan base start to kind of have some questions. Now, obviously, I think the goodwill has been built up again with the fan base because of all the moves. I know all three of us were skeptical about. I didn't. It wasn't that I didn't think that AK could make a good roster. It was that the path to doing so didn't seem very clear to me. Right, we had a bunch of players who were not very good or still young or just kind of in weird spots. And we needed to turn those, those players into better players somehow. And I mean, I'm, I'm as impressed, I think, as anyone, uh, how he was able to do that. And, you know, 
uh, to bring in guys like DeMar. But I wanted to talk about the dynamics of this team. And have you had a chance to watch any of their, you know, have they done any scrimmages in, in training camp or has it just been kind of drills and, and sets and stuff? Yeah, they're not letting us watch anything. It's all post-practice shooting and free throws, that type of thing. So, oh, bummer. Not yet. Some, we'll, we'll see Tuesday just like you guys. Okay, I was going to say because, you know, some some of these teams have, like, YouTube videos of, like, open scrimmages, practices yeah. and stuff. But if you look at some of the weaknesses we had last year, especially if you look like our, our main guy, Zach Levine, had incredible growth as a playmaker, as a shooter, on the defensive end, I thought he made excellent strides. Um, but some of the weaknesses we, that continued to show up were, were crunch time moments where he would turn the ball over or not necessarily take the best shot. And a lot of it had to do with the fact that there wasn't really a whole lot for him to do otherwise. Everyone knew he was going to be the guy taking that last shot. And so defenses would key in on him. Another thing we really struggled with last year was we were, we were last in the league in free throw attempts. But just no one had rim pressure other than Zach. And Zach is not the type of – he's an excellent, excellent cutter. He can get to the rim, but he doesn't draw fouls at the type of rate like a Jimmy Butler or like a DeMar DeRozan kind of guy does. Uh, he's just – he's more athletic, right? He's just – he kind of slithers in between the defense. He doesn't body guys, doesn't draw that contact. You bring in a guy like DeMar DeRozan, who's a half-court, very efficient, very low turnover guy, Vooch is the same way, very, very low turnover, very smart with the ball. And DeRozan specifically draws a ton of fouls going to the rim and especially in crunch time. And then you bring in a guy like Lonzo Ball, who is a great, great connector, you know, lots and lots of shooting. Uh, so you see, you know, we're talking about Stanley Johnson kind of filling that fifth starter role for Patrick Williams and not having to ask him to do a lot of handling. We've now got a lot of other people on the team that can take pressure off of Zach. So how do you see that dynamic working? You know, I know Larry and I have talked about it cause we're, we're excited about the possibilities, but you know, who do you, who do you see as the primary ball handler on the team? And, and, you know, uh, how do you see the other pieces fitting in alongside, you know, the, that kind of role to make it all mesh together? I know it's kind of a long winded question, but yeah, <laughs> I, no, I hear you. Thought. I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind is Zach Levine is in a contract year. And I think it's going to be hard to get the ball out of Zach Levine's hands this year. <laughs> you know what I mean? So Lonzo can come in and say what he wants. DeMar can come in and have as many accolades as he wants. They got their money. Zach Levine is in a contract year. I, You know what is funny is I was listening to – I was watching – um the NBC uh, Sports Chicago, their uh, like tr uh, media day special. And they had Zach, they had a sit down with Zach and Zach was basically saying, they were like, oh, like, how are you guys going to play together? And I think this goes to what you just said is, is Zach was like, I got to be myself. You know, I got to, I got to be who I am and, and we got to figure it out, you know, from yeah. there. Um, but he was like, if, if, if I, if I'm not Zach Levine, then I'm not giving you my best self, you know? So, that definitely sounds exactly like like you're saying, and and like I, I mean, he took very big strides last year as a ball handler and, and pick and roll, and I, I can't blame him. But like Chris, I I think what you're alluding to is it's like I I hope that you know what we saw last year in in, in clutch minutes um, with Zach having Zach and Kobe having you know very 
bad turnovers at the worst times in games. And I think having a DeMar, you know, having a guy like DeMar where you can throw him the ball in late game situations and let Zach move off ball and, and you know, come off screens and, and, and you know, do what do what I think he can do really well. Uh, what we think he can do really well. And and uh, I just hope, you know, that 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 happens. I hope they work that out. Um, like like DeMar said, it ain't rocket science. So we'll see. Yeah, we will see, DeMar. We- <laughs> no, but here's the thing. Ideally, theoretically, it should work, right? I mm-hmm. mean, Zach Levine takes a step back. He has all these weapons around him now to where he doesn't have to do as much offensively. He doesn't have to force it in the clutch um, you know, he can focus maybe more on defense, uh, even more than, and I agree with you, Chris, even more than he did last year. And I think, uh, you know, you really had to watch him to, to see the efforts that he put in defensively last year. Uh, and it wasn't always consistent. And that's the next step, I think, in his maturation is to do it consistently throughout a whole season. Um, you know, he, he kind of trails off at the end for whatever reason. But um, if he <laughs> finds it in himself, to take a step back, to focus on those things I just mentioned and not feel like he's got to go out there and score 28 to 30 points per game to go out here and, and make generational wealth. You know, <laughs> he's always talked about how everything comes with winning. Yeah. Yep. If they win, he's going to get his money. Um, I don't know that Zach's mindset is that, and I'm not yeah. saying it's not. I just don't know. And we'll see sooner rather than later. Yeah, I couldn't agree with him more. I mean, and you saw if you watch the Olympics and his when he had a more specialized role in the Olympics, he wasn't on ball as much. He wasn't, you know, he didn't have to score 30 points a night in the Olympics. You saw him defensively. He was on guys defensively. He was and he was really, really good. I thought it was some of the most impressive defense I've seen from Zach. So I think they're I think the Bulls are banking on that. And I think Zach is going to benefit from that. Now, he doesn't – I mean, the problem last year was if Zach didn't score 30, we were in trouble, right? We weren't winning games unless he – I mean, remember when he scored 50 against Atlanta and we <laughs> still lost that game, still lost that game. I mean, he, he put up 50 on if, on good efficiency and we still lost. So that's – I mean, the, the front office has really targeted the weaknesses of this team because the other one was point of attack defense and they brought in – and perimeter defense in general because, like – it was just basically Garrett Temple and Sato, if he felt like it sometimes. And they, <laughs> they brought in Caruso, who's one of the best point-of-attack defenders and help defenders in the NBA at his position, and Lonzo Ball, who's a very, very smart help defend, defender as well, and who also played a lot of point-of-attack defense. Um, so we talked about the defense a little bit. Besides Zach defense, Zach's defense, you know, DeMar and Vooch aren't thought of very highly as defenders. So how do you think – uh, you know what concerns you have on the defensive end, and what kind of what kind of lineups or, or you know players do you think they're going to be relying on to help buoy that defense? You know what, I'm going to go the other way, and I'm going to say that maybe their defense isn't as much of a concern as we think it might be, and and that has to do with Billy Donovan historically having good defensive teams. It has to do with they have put some defensive players around these guys. So, yeah, the, the main offensive weapons, DeMar, Zach, Vucevic, aren't known as defenders, but look who's around them. I mean, you've got a bunch of defenders around these guys that I don't think we talk enough about. Um, you know, starting with Patrick Williams, starting with Lonzo Ball, and you mentioned Alex Caruso, and then you've got 
you know, guys off the bench. Everybody but Kobe White is a defender off the bench. <laughs> yep. So I don't think that uh, it's as, as much of a weakness maybe going in as we are making it out to be. Um, but I do think that for sure they have their, their work cut out for them because they've got three guys in the starting lineup who just, you know, haven't committed to that end throughout their careers. And uh, they're going to have to. This team is going to be as good as Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan wants it to be. If they commit and buy in defensively, I mean, this, this could be a top five, four or five seed team. Um, but that's a, that's a stretch to ask guys in there, what is DeMar in his 13th season, Zach's in his seventh season? Guys are who they are at this point, and, and, and they get the reputations they get for a reason. So yeah. um, they, they're talking – they're saying all the right things. They're talking a good game and talking about how they want to want to win, and that's what it's about. But you know, the games don't lie, so we'll see. You know, listening to Billy um, during media day, um, and I think I I heard this, and I, I think I texted Chris, um, and he said that uh, this team on the defensive end is going to start with Zach Vooch and and Demar. And, and he said that DeMar is a good on-ball defender. And maybe that's just good coach. That's coach speak. He's trying to, like, send those vibes to the media for DeMar to hear, you know, and and I don't know. But, you know, I, I we'll see, like you said. like, But I, I've talked about it before, right, as, as a coach. And even – and I'm not saying this team is going to be Brooklyn. I don't, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying – that if you look at like everybody who's talking about their defensive rating, how bad defensively they were historically when they first got together. But what people fail to realize is as well, when you have an offense that is just getting buckets after buckets, after buckets, keeping live turnovers down and continuing to make teams take the ball out of the basket and not giving them easy fast break baskets and forcing them to go against a half court defense. Like, I think that means a lot, especially especially for a team, like you said, like you just said, yeah, there's DeMar, there's Zach, and there's Vooch, but there are defenders around them. So if you could continue, if you could score at a high efficient clip and make teams continue to have to bring the ball up and go and go against a set defense, I think that this defense, like you said, I think the, the harping on the defense is a little overblown. And Chris has mentioned on the show many times, they finished, what, 12th last year in, in defensive rating. Um, and they were even worse. There was no Alex Caruso, right? There was no Lonzo Ball, you know? So it's like, eh, got to harp, uh, you know, slow that, slow the roll on them a little bit. But there's another player I wanted to ask you about and get your uh, opinion on what, how you think he would fit in. And that player is, you know, me and Chris love this guy. It's Troy Brown Jr. So, like, what do you see? How do you think he can break into the rotation and really impact um, this team? Well, the Bulls don't talk about him at all, and I find that interesting. Yes, uh, he, true. I, I wrote that article about Kobe White possibly being a forgotten man. Troy Brown Jr. is the forgotten man. Um, I talked to him briefly at Summer League this year, and uh, it was just it was the most awkward interview, like maybe the top five awkward interview I've ever had, just because he didn't know like what to say. I didn't know what to ask. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it was just like, where, where do you fit, man? Like, what are we going to do? What are we going to see from you this year? So uh, I, I, going back to Chris's question about uh, defense, I, I do think that this team is like one of my big concerns is, um, you know, they want to play small. They're going to have to play small 
mm-hmm. and they could get they could get abused defensively uh, on the glass inside, uh, getting kickouts, second chance point opportunities, which could lead to three point shots. I mean, they could get uh, rebounding like it could get ugly at times um, when they play small if they don't have a, a defensive system that's going to allow them to, to to tread water when they go small. So. Um, but Troy Brown Jr. may be able to come in and, and be a, a boost to this team when they go small. Uh, maybe he finds a role uh, in those lineups. Um, but I, I, I like what he does. I mean, he gives you a little bit of versatility offensively. Uh, we saw some good defensive stretches from him last season. Um, but they just don't talk about him, and it makes me feel like he's not in the plan. That worries me a lot because, I mean, number one, they gave up Daniel Gafford to get him, and Daniel Gafford looked That's pretty good. That was a bad trade. That was a bad trade. So I've, I've heard this. I've heard this argument. I still think that Troy Brown Jr., his his position and his skill set, I think, are harder to find than, than Daniel Gafford's skill set, and, and I think his skill set's more important for this team. But – if if Troy Brown Jr. is the forgotten man, if they're if he's not in their plans, then that does make the trade look bad, right? It, it, because Gafford's probably going to be a starter this this year in, in Washington, you know, and, and some of that has to do with injury to, to Thomas Bryant. But uh, that reminds me, uh, Mark Kiranzola asked earlier in this show, does Darnell have a Wizards throw into that Chicago one he's sitting on? So I wanted to <laughs> Mark was asking. <laughs> you got some I can Wizards get my gear Wizards somewhere. gear for you, Mark. I can get my Wizards gear out. It's hard, though, man. They, they, they make it tough. Y'all think it's hard being Bulls fans lately. Oh, man. <laughs> Y'all have only yeah, been just... the greatest player of all time. Got six championships, but you know. Well, yeah, I, you know, he, he was a wizard a little bit. You know, he was, he was a wizard for a hey, season or two, right? He's still giving but, buckets in, as a wizard for a little bit now. He could come off the bench and give you 10, 15 still, I'd say, <laughs> even today. <laughs> I'd be afraid for Jordan if he came there's back. Another, there's a two-way. There's a two-way available still, Darnell. <laughs> no, nah, he's had two tequila at this point. So... But I, I wanted to say with, with Troy Brown Jr., defensively, we saw some really great flashes with him last year because when he came over from the Wizards, he said one of the things that he struggled with was Scott Brooks didn't really tell him how he could get on the floor. And when he got here, Billy Donovan said, give me defense, and that's how you're going to get your minutes. And he did, and we saw some really nice flashes there. And we know Troy Brown Jr. from the bubble when he was with the Wizards uh, you know, a couple years ago in the bubble. It seems like I say a couple years ago, but it was really – was it just a year ago? <laughs> The bubble was two seasons ago, but somehow, yeah, not that long ago in the calendar year. But, you know, he he had some really nice flashes as a ball handler, secondary playmaker. Um, a couple of things he did really excel at this year is you mentioned playing small. He's a really great rebounder for his size, for his position. And he's also an excellent finisher at the rim on cuts. And so if he can, if, you know, when DeMar comes out, if he can kind of slide into that role, play like a three-four or two-three role, and you know, be off ball. If you got guys like Kobe, Zach, Lonzo, Pat on the wings, you know, having that spacing, he can take advantage of those cuts. And if he can, you know, do some team rebounding, help out that rebounding, that's that's going to be a big boon. But it does worry me that he hasn't been talked about. And I think I mentioned that on media day about Kobe as well. I was like. There was a whole lot of nothing about Kobe during that entire media session. 
And that worried me. Now, maybe it's just because he's injured right now. Yeah. But I know you wrote that article that people, they still have a lot of faith in them. And I think yeah, I can see a specialized role. I think Troy, even if they don't talk about him, is going to have, is going to be really essential uh, for this team to succeed. We've been looking for a small forward since Mike Dunleavy left. Uh, we haven't really had one. And we've been looking for a point guard since Derek Rose left. <laughs> so I'm hoping. So that kind of leads me to my next question, which is Lonzo Ball. I think this is an early early season storyline to watch. I know you probably think the same because his comments so far have been, huh. Hey, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to get back to playing like, like Lonzo ball plays, you know, not like my role was with the Pelicans. But if you look at the ball handlers you have on this team with Zach and Vooch, I'm sorry, Zach and DeMar, I don't know how much pick and roll we're going to be seeing Lonzo, you know, uh, with the ball in his hands for. So, so what do you, what do you see as, Lonzo's role going forward and do you think there's going to be any friction if it ends up a similar role to what he had with the Pelicans I mean I think they're going to try everything they can to placate Lonzo Ball and give him the ball um, and let him orchestrate the offense at least to start halves Um, and then from there I think they're going to want to run a lot like we talked about and so that allows him to do what he does best and push it ahead uh, and find guys in transition. Um, and so that it, it might not just be the, the traditional Chris Paul come down and, and set it up in the half court. I don't think that's what we're going to see out of Lonzo Ball. Uh, <laughs> and if he's expecting that, I think he's in for a rude awakening. Um, yeah, at times he's, he is going to, to have to do that and they're going to ask him to do that. But they're going to put the ball in, in Zach's hands. They're going to put the ball in DeMar's hands. Um, Vucevic is going to run offense from the high post and, and the, out to the three-point line uh, like they tried to do last year at times. And even at the start of the year when we saw Wendell Carter Jr. try to do it and, and couldn't. Uh, so Billy Donovan is going to try to do that with, with his bigs as well. So, um, and then staggering. I think you might have mentioned it earlier, Chris. They're going to stagger some to allow him to have the ball in his hands a little bit more and orchestrate the offense, but um, it, I don't see a lot of it coming in the half court. And I and, and honestly, I don't think he's that great. I mean, I think you guys might agree with this. He might not be that player uh, in yeah. general. So I think it's best for him to, to have other options around him and also push it in transition. I We've talked about it a lot on this show, man. Um, I think I really feel like people, when they heard Lonzo say, I'm going to be a traditional point guard, I think people just like, there are some people out there that think Lonzo is, is, is has is opportunity away from being Luca. And I, I, I don't think that's not it, man. Like, hey man, let me just tell you, let me just slow you down real quick, Laro. I hear Lonzo's got some stands out there, man. So, hey, be careful with your fan. They're gonna, they're gonna flood your podcast. I have, will, I have already I'm encountered. You, you might not want to do that to yourself, Darnell. Darnell, I have to tell you, I'll interrupt you. Sorry, Larry, for a second. But at the start of free agency, I kind of tweeted out a list of who of, of guys I wanted. And first, it was it was guards, and Alex Caruso was like towards the top of my list, uh, and Lonzo Ball was there, and like. You know, Dejounte Murray trade was was in there too, or whatever. But um, then I took wings, and my first <laughs> wing was Lonzo Ball. <laughs> and they didn't like I, that. Did they? they did not like that. Yeah, they did not like that. And I was like, "Listen, man, it's not a diss. 
the man is a good shooter. He's become a very, very good high volume three point shooter. He's an excellent defender. He's three and D, but he can, he's also an amazing passer, but he's not, he does not get to the rim. He does not go. He does not draw free throws. He doesn't draw fouls. He is very much a perimeter player. He doesn't break down defenses and pick and roll. That's not his game. As you mentioned, Darnell, his, his excellence is in transition. He is so good at reading defenses that are already broken down and finding the right person to pass it to. That's where he makes his money. You know, he, but he's not the one creating the advantage. He's the one that's continuing or, you know, helping, helping the play finish. And so I think, but that's a very similar role to what he had with the Pelicans. As I mentioned, that's where he makes his money. He's making quite a bit more money now than he did with the Pelicans. So maybe that's going to help. And then winning, Pelicans weren't winning a lot. If the Bulls win, I think we're not going to hear a lot about it. But if the Bulls start out and they're like 6-12 and 12 or 6-10 and 10 or something in these first, you know, this first month or two, I have a feeling. I have a feeling we're going to start hearing from Lonzo, or maybe a member of his family, or and, and certainly from all the fan base of, of Lonzo that's going to be in my mentions anytime I say anything about it. But I, I have Man, a lot of look, faith that it'll all, work. All I'm trying to tell you guys is that when you see me not saying a bad word about Lonzo all this season, you know why. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Um, I just, I just feel like. When when you watch the game, right? Well, like like I said, like I watched a good amount of Pelicans games just because I wanted to get a better feel on Lonzo. Like uh, I just wanted to get a better feel, and I, I feel like Stan at the time tried to give him reps as a, a pick and roll player, and it just wasn't amounting to anything because he wasn't getting paint touches, he he wasn't tilting defenses. So when they started to get better, is when they moved him to the wing. And they had Point Zion going on, and 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 there's I just there's nothing wrong with being that guy that he is good at. Like I I don't understand why people are like, oh, he's a, he shouldn't be on the wing. He should be handling the ball. Like, what do you mean? Like, like I wouldn't mind him running pick and rolls if it's off a second. If if it's a second action, like if it's yeah. a, the defense is already tilted. Like, yeah, yeah, brother, go ahead and run that, but. If he's coming down and he's got to create that advantage, I'm sorry. If you really think – I'm I'm just going to say, if you really think that Lonzo is the guy to, that's going to break down a defense, get to the cup, you know, draw help and – no, that's just not – that's not his game. And I hope that Lonzo Laro who? L-A-R-R-O. I can see Darnell's face going – I'm watching. Yeah. I'm I'm Pontius yeah, Pilate right yeah, now. I'm, I'm, I'm washing my hands this whole. Hey, who else y'all want to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's talk about um, the player we haven't mentioned yet, which is uh, Nikola Vucevic. Yes, I think he and Mark Karanzolis uh, from Bulls HQ. He he said this in the podcast a few weeks ago. I think he might be the most important player for the Bulls because of the fact that we have nobody to replace his skill set if he ever goes down with injury or has any issues. he's And he's, he is so key to making DeMar DeRozan's game work with Zach Levine because DeMar DeRozan doesn't shoot threes, doesn't have a lot of space and gravity, is not very good off ball, right? He doesn't do a lot off ball, or at least he hasn't historically. But Vucevic being that pick and pop option and being so good on the block, as you mentioned, being able to operate out the high post, he's going to be a, an essential skill set that is not replaceable because right now the backups for him are Tony Bradley on a minimum 
and Marco Simonovic, who's, you know, a rookie. And we're not, I don't think we're going to see a lot of Marco Simonovic. I don't think we're, and I think uh, Skokes asked this question as well, because I was getting a lot of praise. I don't know about you, Darnell, but I'm not sure if, if he's going to crack the bench rotation either this year. Um, my only guess would be maybe early on if Kobe's out, but I don't, I don't see him getting a lot of minutes this year with, with the team aspirations, but going to Vooch, I just wanted to see, um, what your opinion of, of Vooch's role is and his importance to the team and, and what you think we can expect from him this year. Yeah, he seems to be excited. Um, I, I can speak to it more from what, what he told us and I'm sure you guys heard him at, at media day, but he's talking about how, um, you know, he's got more space now. Billy Donovan's echoing the same thing. It's probably coming from the same place. But, uh, you know, they got too big last year. So they feel like that's going to help Vooch have more space, be able to get out there and uh, work from the top of the key a little bit more than he did last year. They said they posted him up a little bit more than he liked it, him to, to have done last year. But uh, they still want to post him up. They want to get him in transition as the trail big. Um, uh, they they want to use his rebounding skills, um, and that's going to be a, important, hugely important if they want to get out in transition. So, uh, yeah, you're right. He's going to do a lot of things for this team that are going to be invaluable, uh, and they can't lose him. Uh, I would look at Patrick Williams as kind of the next guy <laughs> along those lines. That you, just, yeah. you can't replace what Patrick Williams gives you, and we're about to see that when this preseason slate starts. But, but yeah, I mean, Vucevic for – as critical as I don't even think I was critical as skeptical maybe as I was yeah. about the trade he's a fantastic player he's still 31 32 years old and doesn't play much defense I mean, he's not <laughs> as bad as I think people think he is but uh you know like that's how how much can you build with a Nikola Vucevic is my question um you know this year I do think he's going to be hugely important to what they're trying to do I, I agree with you Chris uh long term you know, how much better are you going to be with him as your your centerpiece big man? You know, I, I, I wonder I, I wonder about Vooch, right? Like, wh and what I mean is, it's like, if you go back and you look at those Magic teams, I, I knew I knew Mark was going to say, hey, look, let me tell you something, man. When you're from here, okay, you support your brethren. But how you, that uh, is how you feel about Devon Dotson? Is he from? Are we saying he's from here? I I mean, bro, moved to North, the Carolinas, man. <laughs> that's a little iffy, yeah. That's a little I iffy. I don't know, man. <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, no, man. But uh, you know, if you go back and look at those Orlando Magic teams, like uh, like I'm just trying. He's I don't think he's ever had a team like this in terms of offensive firepower. So I, yeah. I'm I'm very interested to see what he can do um, at, like you said, in the high post, being more of a hub, uh, facilitating. Um, I'm, I'm interested, man, because I've, I've always thought of Vooch as like a poor man's like Jokic in a way, like, 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 and, and I'm, I'm one, I would love to see him in this type of role with, 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 a, with a, a Zach Levine who plays, he plays really well on ball, but is a very good, um, off-ball player as well. We just haven't been able to see it because we just haven't had any competent guys that can that can pass the ball well and read defenses. 
I'm very excited to see if we could stretch. Like uh, we've always been able to stretch, you know, for the three. But like I, I want to see if we can start stretching teams vertically as well, getting getting some more oops, using Zach's athleticism and Pat's athleticism. Um, so I, I'm really excited. I want to see what it looks like with Vooch in a more important role and see what it looks like because if he can really produce and add some stability from and 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 pass that ball really well, and I, I'm just I'm excited to see what that looks like. But again, like you said, we'll we'll see like for the long term how that goes. Right. Someone so. has to fill the Thad Young role. Mm-hmm. This team could really use uh, a high post passer hitting cutters like Thad Young did so often last year, whether it was Zach, Sadoransky, uh, uh, Kobe White, like whoever he was hitting, Tice, you know, they, they ended, he ended up having chemistry with them near everyone. So uh, if you could find a big man, if Vucevic can, can and like you said, be a hub and hit cutters like that, I think that makes DeRozan and Zach and and Lonzo even better. They don't have to do as much, and he can find them, take some pressure off of them offensively. Um, real quick, Chris, uh, uh, Darnell, how, how how do you feel about this? Right. So uh, we got a uh, we got a statement by Chubbs eighty uh, two, and it says uh, Zach Levine is not a good off ball player. He is a transition shooter mostly. <laughs> uh, how do you feel about that one? <laughs> um. <laughs> We haven't seen it. I, I agree more with you, Laryl, that we haven't seen it because he's had to have the ball in his hand so much uh, with the Bulls. But, you know, we've seen him cut. We've seen him uh, catch and shoot. We've seen him defer to uh, whether it was Chris Dunn or, or <laughs> Kobe White. Yeah. Uh, blast from the past, right? Kobe White, um, you know, Thomas Sadoransky. We've seen him play off of all of these guys. So I, I wouldn't say that he's not a good off-ball player. Uh, he's growing and he's developing. And I, I look, I don't know why Zach Levine gets so much criticism, um, you know, given what he's been through in his career, how it started, uh, some of the adversity he's had. Um, the guy just continues to get better year in and year out. And, and, and it hasn't shown up in terms of team success, but look at the teams he's played on. I mean, the guy just yep. continues to get better. So I don't understand the criticism Zach Levine receives. I don't either, and and I would have to disagree completely with with what Chubbs is, was saying here. Is Zach Levine was the second most efficient cutter in the entire league last year on points per possession. Only Anthony Davis was better. And so this year, Darnell, as you mentioned, we're going to see a little bit more off-ball Zach. But you saw it last year when Kobe was handling the ball and Zach was off-ball. The man is a cheat code. You leave Zach Levine open anywhere on the perimeter or you give him a lane to drive to the basket, I mean – it's easy buckets every time. Like the, the amount of difficult shots Zach had to take because no one else was was able to create that type of opening for him. I mean, it was phenomenal what, what he was able to do. So I think as efficient as he was last year, his shots are going to be easier this year. I don't know if he's going to shoot at the same efficiency, but he's going to have an easier time getting open because there's not a lot of holes offensively for this team. Vooch is a, is a really good post score. He can really shoot from... From the elbows, you can shoot from um, you know both baselines. You got to you got Demar. I mean, he's a, a excellent, excellent driver. Yeah, <laughs> Mark's, Marcus, Mark's here to sabotage my show. What time uh, is it in Australia? Is it time for you to go to bed? No, it's probably like midday there. Dang it. Um, no, I think I think Zach Levine off ball. If he if he as you mentioned, Darnell, if if he takes on that role a little bit more and, and kind of you know 
eases off a little bit. I think he's going to have a really, really efficient year. Um, let's see. I want to ask you, there was a question here about uh, the backup four. So I know I know we, we talked about that a little bit earlier in the show uh, for who's going to start at that at that spot. And you kind of mentioned Stanley Johnson. But, but Musa here had a question. Stanley Johnson or Alizé Johnson for backup four minutes. Let's say once Pat is back, who do you think is, is back and Pat up in the rotation? I, I kind of am intrigued by Alizé Johnson's the the what they're saying about his energy and his motor uh and how hard he goes um i think every team needs a guy like that i think this team specifically needs a guy like that because outside of alex caruso who's going to really go out there and do uh and patrick williams of course will do whatever you ask him to do but uh who's going to go out there and just be a hustle player who's going to do the dirty work and get you extra possessions, get you offensive rebounds, uh, second chance opportunities, um, you know, maybe, you know, start the break with a block shot or a defensive rebound or, or saving a loose ball, something like that. Uh, I think Alizé could, could, could be a spark to this team. Now, I haven't seen him play with yeah. this group. So uh, I want to see all of these guys play together and see how it looks. And I think that's what Billy Donovan is saying. Uh, and that's what his big point was when I was, asking him the questions for that article I wrote this week. He needs to see how it fits as a group. He's not just thinking about one aspect or the other, whether it's a shooter or a, a rebounder, a defender, an energy guy. He wants to see how that player fits with the group. And I think he's taken that approach with whether it's the starter, the backup, or any other player that, that, that takes the court. He wants to make sure that, that the unit is excelling. You know, you mentioned that this team um, needs like a Thad, right? And I don't think Alizé is at the level defensively of, of Thad. I think Thad is, is a damn good defender. Um, but I, I look at, I've, you know, watching Alizé play um, and doing like a little bit of background on him, like growing up, at, he grew up as a point guard. Um, and then he just kind of like, you know, the rest of the stories, man, he just shot up and, you know, they moved him to another position. But there are flashes of him as a connective passer. And I, I'm just wondering if he can be that Thad, like in terms of like, you know, you know, in a short role, you know, pinch post, you know, uh, being able to find guys on, on back cuts or, you know, finding where the help is and, and moving that ball quickly. Like, I'm, I'm intrigued. I, I feel like. I've seen a little bit that could that that could translate to that, but um, I, if if I had to take a guess at who has a, a pretty good chance at being that Thad, I, I would take a guess at Alizé right now at least. But that's just a wild guess. But um, I, I just man, I, this team like I can't even think of a yes, I can. It, it, probably the last time I was excited this this excited was probably 2015. Um, it, it, this team is, uh, yes, you can nitpick at it. You can nitpick, nitpick at every team, right? You can nitpick the Lakers for being, you know, everybody having an AAP, ARP card. You know what I'm saying? You could, can you, can you nitpick the Nets this year? Cause they look pretty nice. Well, you know, you, well, yes, you can actually, you can <laughs> say Kyrie it, gonna it, play? It, exactly. exactly. <laughs> is Kyrie going to show up to work? You know? So, you know, it, it, it's just, you know, oh, but, so um, no, I know. No, I know what you mean, man. But no, I'm just saying, man, it's, it's very exciting. This team this year is very exciting. I'm just. I guess I'm I'm I want to see how Stanley looks, man, because I, I 
I got a little, I'm bullish on Stanley, man. I, I think he's a bull, man. I think he's a dude that you could throw out there and just really just sick him on people, right? Throw different bodies at some of the stars we're going to see, you know, and, and, um, Stanley, uh, just had, a, has had a rough time early in his career. Uh, Carlos Ramos says, uh, yeah, asks, why hasn't Stanley Johnson found success in his young career? Um, and we talked about this with, uh, Mark Schindler on his pod and, uh, he just had a tough, tough go of it. Um, and, and hasn't been because of his work ethic. I think it just hasn't clicked for him, but I think if you really just go back and watch some of his time with, uh, the Raptors, um, like he's starting to find out what he, I think he's always tried to be the scoring guy. Like, I think he's figuring out, like, that's not probably not going to be his game at this level that he's probably going to have to be like a bull on the defensive end and, and cutter and things like that. So we'll see, man. But I, I'm, I, you know, Mark, Mark K thinks he stinks, but I, I think, I think, I think I'm going to give him a shot, man. I, I, I think he's yeah. a bull, man. Mark's Mark's just trying to to rouse us up here <laughs> at midnight. He know so, he knows what he's doing. He know yeah he he knows what he's about. He knows the assignment here. Darnell, I want to uh, ask you. Oh, sorry, go for it. Yeah. No, I was going to say something about Stanley, and it is interesting that you know he was a high draft pick and it just hasn't worked out for him. I've heard a couple of different things. I've heard that uh, he didn't really get along with Stan Van Gundy. Mm. Uh, Van Gundy might have broken him a little bit. Um, Sort of like people were saying Jimbo broke uh, our guy, Larry Marketing. Mm. But um, when I asked Stanley Johnson about his niche and how Billy Donovan has said that he, he seems to have found his niche a little bit more and more as he's gone on, um, you know, <laughs> the first thing out of Stanley Johnson's mouth was something like vague about how he wanted to be careful and how uh, coaching matters. And I was like, what is this? So I sent it to someone who would know. And he's like, yeah, he didn't get along with Sam Bang Bendy. And so I think that, that he got maybe into a, a bad situation or maybe not the best situation in, early in his career. And it's all about where you go. Like that, that can make or break your career as a young player. And we could see that with Kobe White this year. I mean, if he's, um, you know, being, being yanked around and, and, and asked to do different things for the third consecutive year, then. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe maybe his career might not pan out the way he hopes it will. So um, I'm not going to say I'm high on Stanley Johnson, but I am intrigued by him. Yeah. Well, you, you mentioned, Darnell, for most players, I mean, the superstars can usually fit in anywhere. They can make any team better. But most players in the NBA need the right role and situation, the right coach, yeah. the right fit, the right, you know, the right role. And. You saw it with Lowry. We saw it with with Wendell. Uh, you saw it with Kobe, who were asked to do a lot of different things last year. And you know, sometimes in the league, it's sink or swim. And and I, you know, I hope Lowry finds success in Cleveland. I hope I hope Wendell finds it in Orlando. I mean, he's finally going to get a point guard in Jalen Suggs this year, so I have, I have high hopes for him. Uh, you saw what Daniel Gafford did in the right situation with Westbrook setting him up. All of a sudden, his offense looked pretty nice. And, you know, defensively, he wasn't he didn't have to be the hub of the offense like he was asked to do here when, when Wendell was down. So I, I think it's going to be like that for most players. And so Stanley Johnson, Tony Bradley, you know, Troy Brown Jr., those are guys you take that leap on for the price because it's like, hey, if we can find the situation that works for him here, we found a gem. You saw it with, you know, the Clippers with like Terrence Mann looked pretty good last year. Reggie Reggie Jackson really, really showed out in the playoffs. So sometimes it's just about finding that right role. 
I hate to bring up Cameron Payne. I'm known Cameron Payne? Yeah. Phoenix. I mean, you just never know how a new environment is going to impact the guys for the better. Absolutely. So, so in that vein, Darnell, who is the player on the Bulls that you are most excited about watching this year or you have the highest hopes for? I think I've answered this in a, in a, in a different place, but uh, I think I said DeMar DeRozan. Mm. Just because we haven't really seen a player like him with the Bulls, not since I've been here. Zach Levine is a better offensive player, but I think DeRozan is more polished. Um, and, and, and Pat Williams talked about this at Media Day, where he gets to his spot. He's meticulous about um, doing what he wants to do. You can't speed him up. You're not going to force him in doing anything he doesn't want to do. That is a professional score. Zach Levine gets it in a different way, uh, but, but the way DeRozan goes about his offense, I'm, just, I'm really excited to see him play. Yeah, you brought up Demar, and and something I brought up too is like Pat, man. Um, watching him in the summer league, um, there were a lot of opportunities. Like he took you, you look at his shot attempts. You see, he took a lot of shots and made he didn't make as many as as you would like to see. But like if you watch the games, there were plenty of opportunities for him on drives to draw contact and get to the free throw line, where he's actually a pretty good free throw from. From um and and I thought that like adding a guy like Demar and and that's that makes me uh very happy that he's already talked about that type of stuff about Demar but just learning some of the tricks that Lamar has um Lamar Demar has up his his sleeve right the pump fakes the dipping the ball on the drive and ripping up when somebody reaches just adding that to Pat's bag where he can use those things when he gets those opportunities um. I think that's going to help Pat get to another level and, and just learning how to use his frame and how to um, draw that contact and, and having a, a guy like DeMar is huge, man, because as, as good as Zach Levine is as a scorer, he doesn't necessarily get to the free throw line as much as you would hope and want. Um, so that, that is definitely something I'm happy to hear about that you just mentioned um, with Pat. I, I just, uh, I guess one question I have for you, is with Kobe. I wanted to touch back on Kobe. Um, what is what is his uh, being there and seeing them and shoot around and things like that? Does he seem like a guy that's worried about his position? Is or do, does he seem like he's just kind of um, around the guys and, and kicking it? Or or can can just from afar can you tell if like he's you know where worrying about things like that? So we talked to Kobe once, mm -hmm. um, and, and we've seen him. But we've only talked to him once. And mm -hmm. the other times when we see Kobe, he's working his ass off. Mm. Uh, he's out there with like six, seven different coaches, and he's doing full court drills. And um, obviously it's clearly to keep his conditioning up. And, yep. um, you know, shooting crazy left-handed or no, right-handed overhand, overhead shots. And, um, it, you know, it's, it, it's impressive to see his, his work ethic at the end of practice and and all that he's trying to do to keep up uh and 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 catch up from the shoulder surgery so um i don't think he's worried uh and even pat said it that kobe's kobe's not the type to to let you see it so yeah uh obviously i don't think any player is going to you know, be too thrilled about a team yeah. bringing in so many guards but there is still clearly a role for him as a as an off-the-bench shooter so i yeah. think 
he's had enough conversations with Billy Donovan to know that that he can be secure in that. Actually, I have one more, Chris. Um, sure. I, we haven't touched mo- uh, touched on him um, at all, and I, I don't think I've heard in, much about him in, in in the media day as well. But Tony Bradley, like, yeah. what do you what do you think about his role on this team? Yeah, I had someone uh, who 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 knew him from Philly tell me how valuable he was for that Sixers team, and that um, in, in some ways. He was just as, as this is going to sound crazy, but <laughs> in some ways he, he was as important as Embiid uh, to a degree because of, of how he was able to impact the game defensively and, and how he was able to bring up the level of, of players around him with his impact. So that was high praise. I didn't, I'm not necessarily saying that I'm saying that. I'm telling you right, what right, I was right. told. But uh, that made me really curious to see Tony Bradley this year. Yeah, we're going to see those MVP odds for Tony Bradley after that (laughs) comment. (laughs) No, but it's true. It's true. We talked about Vooch and how important he is. But Tony Bradley being that backup big, I mean, he's going to have a huge role, not only defensively as an anchor, but – you know, if if Vooch goes down, he might have to step in that starting role, and and he's going to be really important. And, you know, with Vooch – and the and how Billy Donovan says they want to play fast. They want to play fast, and we saw how much they slowed down after Vooch came over last year. Um, and you know, every coach in the NBA says they want to play fast in preseason. Every single one says. I've never heard a single coach say, "You know, we really just want to slow it down." Oh, that's we not true. Re- Who said it? Walk, Pop, crawl, walk, run. <laughs> oh my lord! No, don't bring that up. Oh man, I'm just telling you, I've heard it. That's that's at Darnell Mayberry. <laughs> bringing up bad memories here, but it's 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 interesting though because you know Tony Bradley is going to have a very different role on offense because obviously Vooch can be your trailer on a fast break. Um, but Tony Bradley doesn't have that ability yet, but he's really, right. he's really nice around the basket. He's got some good touch around the basket and his defense can be really important because we really lack rim protectors. Uh, last thing I want to ask you, Darnell, before we let you go and Laro, if you have any other questions, obviously feel free to ask, but one of my, one of my favorite things you did last year was you did a bunch of predictions for the year. Yeah. Right. And one of them was like Wendell Carter, triple double, which he uh, got close to a couple of times. Thag almost yeah. got a triple double a couple of times. But what's what's your? I don't know if you're doing it again this year. But if you are, or if you've got one, I want to hear. I want to hear your best prediction for this upcoming season. Ooh, I haven't even thought about it yet. Um, I just, I think, and this is this is pessimistic a little bit. I think Zach's. I think it's going to be hard for Zach to have the type of year that he did last year. I think everyone's expecting him to have you know another jump. And I do think he's going to improve um, in, in, in smaller ways and sort of incrementally a little bit, but I don't, I don't see him having a better year than he had last year. So you don't think – because he said he wants to be all-defensive team. You, you don't think he's, he's going to be <laughs> a third <laughs> – no. I, I think I, Come my, on, my prediction I – mean, I know, but I think, I think he's going to be oh, at least Lord. average on defense. He was close. He was close to average. He was a little bit below average. If you look at a bunch of different metrics last year defensively, and I know those aren't perfect, but if he can be average on defense 
or better this year, that's going to go a long way. As you mentioned, if it, that's incremental kind of stuff, but that would really, really help him a lot. You want a hot take, Chris? I'll give you a hot take. I was Let's at go. practice. There we go. I was at practice the other day, and Zach was doing some, so you know, some just finishing, working on finishing at the Rams with an assistant coach. And I'm just sitting there looking at it, and I'm like, why can't he be the MVP? Thank you. There we go. Woo. Hey, you bring it back memories because you know what? Somebody said that we talked. And that's about what this. I thought, and that's what I thought when when I when that thought popped in my mind. I said, there was a Bulls guard who said that once upon a time, and it happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, it, I like it, these hot takes. I love them. I need it. I need more of it. It, it, it took over an hour to get this out of you, Darnell, but we finally and got And I just contradicted myself. I just said he's not going to have a better season than <laughs> last year. But I did think that at practice. No bull. I did think that at I'm practice. I'm just saying, that, you know, what, what did Derek average that year? He, he wasn't averaging 28-5-5, five five, was he? Different mm-hmm. era, different different era, different era. I know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You know, Zach could get better as a player. I think he might average a little bit less points. But if the Bulls are good, like if the Bulls are our top four seed, um, they, I, I can see him, them, he's going to get some Boots. votes. Someone's going to have to be in the thick of that if yeah. the yep. Bulls are a four seed. I got one for you. Um, so obviously, you're someone that that pays attention to the to the whole division. Um, who, who would you, if this team is a top four, five, anywhere, anywhere from four to six, who do you think they'll be fighting with for Like, I guess I want to ask like the Pacers, like, are you, are you worried about like, you know, with the addition of Rick Carlisle, them getting healthy, is that a team you're, you're worried about? Not really. Um, I think the Bulls at this point have more talent. Hey, yeah, that's hey, that's all right. That's all I need well, to hear. The Laron, you said Turner, you said if they the get bonus. healthy, but they're not healthy. They're well, a TJ Warren is 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 not healthy, but I I just think <laughs> this dude is no. But this is this is why I, I did want to ask you this, Darnell. Actually, about <laughs> how do you how do you feel knowing that that Lowry and Denzel aren't that far away here? They're going to see him a lot a lot this year. In a <laughs> So what do you think? What do you think the Denzel revenge game looks like? Let's go, Darnell. Let's go. I, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna get the shots up. I know that. I mean, they, those guys are gonna come in here gunning. Um, but they also got to compete with Colin Sexton and Darius Garland for the ball. So good luck to them. Yeah, that's that should be a fun team to watch this year. <laughs> Man. Okay, I got I got it off the wall. On that Pacers team. Wait a minute. Well, I'm, hold on. Wait, hold got, so you said there's, Domas. There's, yeah, their starters are well. Their starters are are Brogdon, Turner, Brogdon, Brogdon, Turner, Karras, Bonus, Karras, Karras, Levert, yeah, and yeah. Uh, T.J. Warren. See, there's those are all very solid players, but I think I mean, if you if you took if a lot you combined, of question marks, yeah, if you combine both of those teams, your top five picks, there might be one pacer in that top five. Yeah, and maybe that's, that's Bonus would be uh, my guy. That's what Mark Mark said as well. That's that's what he said. Um, yeah, no, that's a good point. That's a good point. I guess and who's their coach now? Who did they just hire? Oh, Rick Carlisle. Oh, yeah, that's, no, that, yeah, that's, 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 that's the game changer. That might be the that might be the swing, the momentum swinger right there. That that's what I'm saying. But He's again, still one of the best coaches in basketball. Yeah, absolutely. He's top no five for sure. No doubt, that man is a wizard. Yeah, he, he does it, stuff. He made JJ Barea amazing for years. 
No, JJ Barea getting JJ Barea was a tough little guy now. Every yeah. time he played the Bulls, he he worked us. I mean, he was he was Bulls Berea, killer. Berea well, did that to the Bulls every time he played. Yeah, I remember Barea from off. from OKC, and he used to do that. Maybe Barea did that to a lot of teams. Maybe, <laughs> Maybe that's why Rick Carlisle played us. <laughs> he probably did. No, that yeah, I think the Bulls are better, more talented than the Pacers. Okay, I think I agree with you. I think they're more talented. The the coaching though, I mean, Rick Carlisle is he's he's a fantastic coach. So. And we'll those see. guys have kind of been been together, so that that also kind of yeah, yeah. advantage. There, there'll be a good litmus test. I think them and the, I think it, uh, Celtics, the Celtics, the Pacers, and the Knicks are the teams I kind of think of in yeah. that kind of similar tier. That are we're, I want to see what we can do against those guys. So, oh man, <laughs> I got, I got, I'm excited though. I'm it's excited. I got an off the wall. I got an off the wall question for you. Darnell. Larry's just getting started here. <laughs> if we, if all three of us went out to karaoke, what's the song you picking to do? Bruno Mars. Which one? Don't matter. <laughs> Ooh, okay. He's 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 all about locked out of heaven. He's going. And uh, twenty four yeah. karat. Yeah, yeah. Jill yeah. Scott, I know you say like two. But I always I like say, asking that I question. I did say some Jill Scott the last time we were on. I said something yes, about Jill Scott. Yeah, right. I just had to ask. I love asking that I've question. I've never done karaoke, though. For real? I... No way. Come on now. For uh, real? Larry's, Larry's going to hit you up. I was just at a karaoke spot on Tuesday, but I wasn't getting up there. This dude did the Lion King, and I wanted to tip him. <laughs> Man, like, the Lion King. The, the Lion King. I was not expecting the Lion King to come Like out Circle there. of Life? Uh, you know, in the jungle, the mighty jungle. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, oh, that okay, one, okay. That one. Yeah, he. I, I mean, was he say, was going in. He was going that, in. That's got some range. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah Gotta have some yeah. pipes for that. <laughs> hey man, that's what I like. That's what I like. Yeah, uh, give me some Bruno Mars, Jill Scott, whatever. Yeah, I, like I went. I went and saw. I went and saw Bruno Mars in Vegas once. He put on a show, didn't he? No, that was the thing. He he made no. us wait. It was at a club, right? So we were at the club, and he was supposed to come on at some point. But I've been to Vegas and seen those shows before, and they don't come until like 1 a.m., 2 a.m. in the morning. So Bruno Mars finally comes out. It's like 2.30 a.m. He finally comes out and says, what's up, guy? And I'm like, he's like hyping us up. Just one song. He just locked out of heaven. And he says, all right, see you guys later. I'm going to hang out with J-Lo. Never saw him again. That was the end of the night. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to bed, man. <laughs> I'm out of what? here. What? I'm telling That's you, petty man. It wasn't. It wasn't like a like a you know a Bruno Mars concert. It was like he was coming, you know, as like a special guest to the club. But I thought because I've seen like LMFAO at you know in Vegas or like other other people like that, and they like put on a show. But uh, yeah, Bruno Mars is like, come on, man, J Lo, right now. <laughs> I'm here to hear some music, dude. Uh, but he's, can you he's be mad at range. the man? He was going to no, hit, I would do the same J-Lo. thing. <laughs> I'll do the same thing. I'm a married man, man. I don't know nothing about no J Lo. But um <laughs> <laughs> hey, um I, before we before we let you go, man, I I one more hot take, man. I, I need one more hot You need one more from me? Yeah, huh? Yeah, just one more. I don't have one Bulls related. I don't. Um, I'm, I'm just curious to see what these guys look like. 
Um, it's hard for me to be too optimistic or, and it's hard for me to be pessimistic. I'm, I'm at this point, I'm neutral. I want to see what they do. I don't think they're going to be, you know, great, obviously. And I don't think they're going to be terrible. So we're going to see how they, how it all comes together. But (laughs) yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't have any more for this team. Okay. All right. All right. Well, we 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 got a couple out of you, so we we appreciate your time, Darnell. Zach Levine wins MVP. You heard it here first. That's right. There it is. That's right. I'll give you credit, sir. I'll give you credit. <laughs> if Zach wins, if Zach Levine wins MVP, this team, hey man, if if Zach yeah. gets one vote for MVP, I should get credit for that. <laughs> I'll, one right. vote. Hey, and it might be, if, it might be mine. If and man. when Zach Levine gets a single MVP vote. Me, you, and Lero going out to karaoke together. That's well, well, dinner on us and karaoke. What song would you do? What was that? Sorry. What song would you do? What song would I do? Oh, we talked about this. <laughs> we talked about this a lot. I'm up for anything, man. No, Mark K. Uh, come on, Maroon Five. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing Maroon Five at karaoke. Uh, like <laughs> Chubb says, "Boys to Men into the road." Oh, that's a classic. There it is. There it is. Man. Hey, Dar- hey Darnell. Actually, this is this is a good this is a good point by Vincent. Do you do you get are you one of the media voters for MVP? Because you might be able to, to play your card here. I haven't done it. I haven't done it since. Okay. <laughs> I haven't it done it since count. I've been since I've done the Bulls. And I don't want to okay. do it anymore. I, I've actually said no thanks. I'm not doing it anymore. Okay. All right. I'm just saying if you if you get to do it. I'll tell you what, you can't, you can't, you're going to be disqualified. I couldn't, I couldn't do, you know, they would drag me nationally. If, <laughs> if the one Zach Levine vote came from the athletic Chicago. Come on, man. I couldn't do that to myself. I'll tell you what, right now, if Zach won MVP, the Donovan Mitchell fans, the Devin Booker fans, mm. they wouldn't want to hit see me on Twitter. They, mm. they, they wouldn't want to see us on Twitter because it's too much of this. This is this Zach Levine being dragged talk. Oh my gosh. You know, uh, so you can throw Bradley Bill in that category too. Yes, That's yes, right. yes, sir. Yes, That's sir. That's right. I'm already I'm already out here telling people I'm, I'm not I'm not gonna hear anything about Bradley Bill being eleventh in the league and Zach being thirty-third. No way. Right. right no right. way. No, if 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 Zach wins MVP, I'm gonna be very toxic on Twitter. I'll tell you right now. <laughs> I'm not it's a toxic be a person, good but season, guys. yes, it will. Be, it's gonna be a good season. It's gonna be more fun than what we've been seeing. So, absolutely, not, I think that's the thing to look forward to here. Is we got a season we can actually be excited about. We don't know the yeah. outcome. Every, every game matters. Feels like every game matters. Every game matters. Oh man, I can't. Nick, Nick Friedel, Nick Friedel too. I'll, I'll be. I'm. I'm adding you as well. That brother. <laughs> that brother. Is just I don't know, man. I don't know, but that brother's something else. He (laughs) always always got something bad to say about the Bulls, man. So you know, we'll see, we'll see. Uh, Hey, Zach proved him wrong once already. We'll see if he can do it again. So, um, well, Darnell, we won't keep you any longer. Appreciate you having having uh, uh, having you on as as our third co-host of Bulls One Hundred and One once again. (laughs) Welcome. We'll we'll have you on again during the season. uh, You know, around that MVP voting time. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, yep. if you guys do not follow follow uh, Darnell, do so at Darnell Mayberry on Twitter. Follow the Athletic. Uh, subscribe to the Athletic. They got deals all the time. Yeah. It's super cheap. The it's it is hands down the best sports coverage you will ever 
get in your life. I've I've never regretted it once. And and Darnell's worth the price of admission by himself. So yeah. thank you so much, Darnell, for, for hanging with us, doing a little hoops after dark. Loved it. Loved it, man. Appreciate and, and it, guys. It Thanks for having me, man. Thank y'all. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you man. guys for the comments. Thank you guys for getting... <laughs> oh man. Uh, we're gonna leave you guys to the comments. We're getting hate now. We're getting hate. I'm I'm being slandered online right now. Nickelback. <laughs> I'm, all right. <laughs> I'm out of here. We are out of here. See you guys later. See you. Peace.